Hey, it's Erin. Thanks for checking out our podcast today. We know that it will be helpful and inspiring to you. Before we get into the message, go ahead and check us out on Instagram at Second Students West. There you can find all the information about what we are doing in our ministry. Go ahead and take some time to remove all the distractions, silence your phone so that you can focus on what God wants to say to you today. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Karsten, and I am the other uh, summer intern here uh, with y'all in the youth uh, here at the West Campus, me and and Tyler. So this, I'm starting my third week here, and so uh, I'm from Newcastle, Oklahoma, and if you don't know where this is, this is Oklahoma right here. It's pretty much smack dab in the middle, so uh, Second week in Houston. Houston's a lot different than where I'm from. I walk into my backyard and I literally see like there's this huge farm. So there's like a bunch of cows and horses running around. And I step into the backyard of my host home and it's like it's I-10. It's like meow, meow, meow. It's just like all 20 million cars that are trying to go the same direction at one time. And it's like, what is going on here? So um, it's a lot different here than it is back home. But something that is uh, very much the same is that uh, we have a strong body, a strong Christian body of believers here that uh, have accepted me and have loved on me already in my first, like, two weeks here. So I'm really happy to be here with y'all, and I thank you for all the love that you've given me already. And so, yeah, um, that's a little bit about myself, and uh, let's pray, and then we'll jump into the text. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. I pray that uh, I will just be your vessel and that you will speak through me, that it's not me up here, God, but it is you speaking through me. I pray that uh, as we dive into this passage that you make yourself known and that we will apply your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles up to Galatians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, pull out your Bible app on your phone. Uh, We're going to be jumping around just a little bit today, not too crazy, but uh, we're going to be looking at some cool passages of scripture where uh, the Bible the story of the, of the word of the Lord is just going to be intertwining. It's going to be really cool. So today we are in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, looking at hypocrisy. And if you don't know what hypocrisy means, that is pretty much, you know, saying or doing one thing while, you know, actually saying or doing another. Just being two-faced, being, uh, not being what you're saying, what you're saying you are. So um, let's uh, read this story that we're going to be jumping into And then um, we'll break it down. So uh, the passage we're in today, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men from James came. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. But then... The rest of the Jews joined in his hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone, If you who are a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? So, some context. This is uh, Paul writing to the Galatians, and Uh, The book of Galatians is all about justification through faith alone, that you can only come to faith through Jesus Christ, and that's it. There's no extra deeds that needs to be done on your part. There's no extra steps you need to take. You just accept the free gift of God. 
And so while he's writing to these people and he is standing up and he's saying, I have the authority to tell you this, he decides to back up his authority by telling a story, this story that I just read to y'all about Cephas and uh, how he was separating himself from Gentiles. So Cephas, uh, you all probably know who Cephas is. Cephas is, his name is Peter here. He's just references a different name. The same Peter that was uh, denied, that denied Jesus three times, that hung out with Jesus, uh, the one that we read about all in the Gospels. So um, when we dive into this story, uh, there's these really cool connections that you can make that help you understand exactly why he was standing condemned, exactly why he was acting hypocritical. Because you read this and you think, well, what does this mean? He's eating with some people one day, and then he's eating with another person another day. Like, I do that every day at lunch. Like, what's going on here? So um, when we turn back to Acts chapter 10, we uh, are able to see uh, Peter is standing up for the Gentiles. And um, people, they, they came together, the Christians came together, and they said, you know what? Under, uh, under the Jesus Christ, all men are equal. God shows no favoritism. The Jews and the Gentiles, they're, the ex- they're exactly the same because the Jews, they had their own uh, cultural laws that they upheld where the Gentiles didn't follow any of those. But, um, but it was said that, you know what? It doesn't matter who you are. The grace of God is sufficient for every single person. So we see that in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35, where it says, Now Peter began to speak. Now, truly I, now I truly understand that God does not show favoritism, but in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So he was coming out and he was saying, you know what? Gentiles, they can accept the love that Jesus has for them. They can accept the free gift of salvation that God has, even if they do or do not follow the law. And then um, we see uh, the, the Jewish reaction, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter, they were amazed. They're like, wow. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even to the Gentiles. So the Gentiles, they're equal. They're all equal under the banner of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Which is good, because we're Gentiles. Because we're, we're, not, we're not Jewish. So that is good for us. We are able to accept the free gift of God. So before all of this went down, Jews would not eat with Gentiles. Uh, it was almost, uh, in today's connotations, it, was, it would almost be as if you were uh, sitting down with a criminal, uh, someone who had done uh, just a ton of crazy just crimes, and you sat down, and you liked it, you liked to eat with him. People, you know, people would look funny, they'd look at you, and like, why are you eating with that guy? It was the same kind of deal here. So Gentiles were seen as unclean, and, you know, Jewish people could not eat with them, but no more, because we have Acts chapter 10 and 11, where everyone's equal. There's no need for, um, you know, worrying about who you eat with anymore, because it's a trivial thing. So, you know, Peter now knows what he's supposed to do. He knows he can eat with anybody freely. He doesn't have to worry about what other people think of him when he does this. He can go and hang out with whoever he wants. Amen, hallelujah, because I, I, I like eating with different people. So um, we jump in here, and uh, we look at verse 11 and 12. So we know that Peter advocated for the Gentiles, and Peter knows how he's supposed to act. He knows that he can do, uh, you know, he's not held down by the law, and he can eat with anybody that he wants to. But we see that he is condemned because when he was eating with these Gentiles, uh uh-oh, what happened? A certain crowd came along, these people from James. Now, these people from James, they were Jewish. So uh, he was worried that, oh, they're going to look at me a different way. They're going to look at me and they're going to look down upon me because I'm I'm not following the law like they do. 
are they going to look at me different? What are they going to think of me? And he was fearful. They weren't coming to him, and they weren't intimidating him and saying, you have to stop. But it was just a social fear. We've all felt a social fear before. We've all seen a certain crowd of people and said to ourselves, oh, no. What are they going to think of me? Oh, what shirt am I wearing? Where are these? Oh, my, do I look cool enough for these people? Are my shoes, do I have the right shoes on? Is my hair done right? Because I want these people to look at me and think that, you know, I want them to think well of me. That's a very common thing that we experience, uh, you know, in high school, in school, uh, in sports. Anywhere we go, there, there are different social pressures. So Peter here is feeling a social pressure because a certain crowd came to town and he wanted to look the right way for them. And Paul Paul knew, hey, this is hypocritical to what Peter was doing back in Acts chapter 10. This is hypocritical here. This is not how Peter said, this is not how Peter was going to live his life, you know, earlier. So that's why we see in chapter 11, or verse 11, you know, he steps up and he says, I'm going to face you because you stand condemned. You're not living the right way. And so Paul continues to give us a little bit more context, and he says that because uh, Peter removed himself, then the rest of the Jews joined in his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. So all of these other Jewish Christians, they see Peter, and Peter has influence. Peter's a very important apostle, and they see him, and they go, oh, my man Peter's stepping away. Oh, if he's doing it, I probably should do it because, you know, he knows what he's doing. So it says the rest of the Jews stepped away, and even Barnabas stepped away. Now, who's Barnabas? Why does it even make reference to, like, Barnabas, it's kind of a funny name, like what's going on here? Well, the thing is, is that Barnabas was, would have been like the last person you would ever think would step away. Barnabas was at the very first preaching of the gospel to the Gentiles. Barnabas was there at the very beginning. He was an OG, the original gangster. He was there since day one. You know, you hear like teams and sports teams like, oh yeah, I'm a day one. I've been here since day one. That is Barnabas with the Gentiles. He's a day one. But even Barnabas was led astray because Peter was stepping away because this certain crowd was coming in and he was being socially influenced by them. So the way that Peter was walking is now causing other Christians to stumble, even Christians that are strong in their faith. And so because multiple people are stumbling because of Peter, they're stepping away from what they know is right. Verse 14, Paul steps in. Paul steps in and he confronts Peter and he confronts the hypocrisy in Peter's life. Now, let me make note here. He's not confronting Peter personally. He's not coming up to Peter and just dogging out on personally and being like, you know what, you're a horrible man and your mom stinks and you look funny and you have a big nose. Like, no, it's nothing like that. He instead comments on his actions. If you, in verse 14, if you who are a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? He's commenting on his actions. He's saying, the way that you are living your life does not reflect what you say you are. It's not, it doesn't go together. And so, if your actions are contradicting what you're saying, how can you expect yourself to lead people? So, that's the whole story, and this has some great application for ourselves before we go into small groups and we talk about it. Have you often or ever found yourself in a situation where you're ditching your values or you're ditching your beliefs because of a social influence from a certain crowd that comes into town? Have you ever found yourself, you know, worried about what you're wearing or what you look like because, oh, I want these people to think of me cool. I want them, I want them to look at me the right way. I want to be part of this it crowd. I remember being in high school and middle school, and there's different cliques. You got the sporty guys, and you got the, you know, 
the, the ag boys, and then you got the nerds, and you got the band kids, and you know, it's just, that's just how it is. Nothing against any of those, but there's always different cliques and groups. And I know that oftentimes people try to jump ship from one friend group to another. Oh, I want to be with the cool people. Oh, I want to be over here. And that requires them to change the way that they're acting. And that's what we see Peter do. He's changing the way he's acting because he wants to be part of a certain crowd, because he wants to appease a certain group of people. But because of this, he's causing others to change the way that they're acting, and not for a positive, but in a negative way. So are your actions causing those around you to live their life in a more meaningful, more gospel-centered manner, or are you causing others to stumble like Peter did? How are you acting here at church on Sunday compared to how you are in the locker room around your friends or at school. These are important things because how you act and live outside of here, how you act and live in the world, gets noticed by people. It got noticed by all the other Jews. Peter, his actions were noticed by all the other people, and they all stepped away from what they were doing. They stepped away from what they knew was right. So our actions, they have consequences because we don't live in a bubble. We don't live in a bubble where we can do whatever we want and nobody feels, you know, the hurt or the pain or, you know, the, just the, the consequences of our actions. So it's very easy for us to get on a road and we get going and we get going and we're living our life and then we stand there and we look back and we go, how'd I get here? What am I doing here? So what that requires of us is to work hard to not fall victim to living life one way or saying we're living life one way and then living it in a completely different fashion. We don't want to be two-faced. So what that requires of us is looking in the mirror and checking our hearts, just like Paul checked Peter and saying, Lord, is there any hypocrisy in my life? Lord, is there any place in my life where I'm saying one thing yet doing another? And if there is, Lord, forgive me and point that out so I can be changed for the better. Because we want to live our lives in the fullest manner, living on and putting out for Christ and living out for Christ and doing everything we can to show the world who we're a part of. We're a part of God's family. And yet, sometimes that's just not the case. And oftentimes in my life and everyone's life, we've all caught ourselves in a situation where, you know, the Lord is, he, he reveals hypocrisy. He reveals two-facedness to us, and he will reveal that in your life. And that's just the natural progression of a believer. And so once you have taken steps to check your own heart and figure out where you are personally with the Lord, then you'll begin to see yourself grow, and you'll see yourself become more like Christ. And if you see a brother or sister or a friend or, you know, someone that you love walking in a way that, you know, doesn't reflect their, you know, the values that they hold, then just like Paul did to Peter, you go, hey, why are you acting that way? Why are you doing that? Why, why did you say that about this person? Why did you hurt our friend's feelings? That's not how we're supposed to act, and you know that, and I know that. Not coming after someone personally, but saying, hey, your actions don't match with what you're saying you are, or what you, you know, or what you believe. So, um, I would say that there is a, if we, when, we, when we look at this, and we look at a P, uh, Paul's, you know, proclamation to Peter, um, if we look at it in a different light, and we look at it through a different lens, it becomes very uh, personal to us. So, if we are Christians. If we as Christians live like the world, how can we expect 
others around us in the world to want to live like Christians. If we're living one way, yet we look like the world, and we go to somebody and say, hey, you should come to church, why should they want to follow us if we're putting on a completely different face? I have a story to really wrap this up uh, about my grandmother that really uh, just paints this picture that I'm trying to, that I'm trying to show y'all. And so uh, my grandma, in, in high school, she was not saved, but she wasn't running around acting like a fool, acting crazy. And um, she was getting invited to church. And she was getting invited to church by these people. And they were like, hey, Willamay, you need to come to church. You need to come to church with us. You need to come hang out with us at church because you're, you're not a Christian and, and we want you to hear the gospel. And she was like, why would I want to go to church with y'all? And they're like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't want to go to church with you guys because I know how you act on a Monday through Saturday basis. I know what you do in school. I know what you say in the locker room. I know how you put on uh, and, you know, you put, your, you put this face on at church and yet you're saying these things at school, you're going to these events on the weekends, and you're hanging out with these certain kind of people. That's not, I don't want to be in a crowd like that, you know. I don't want to act like that. These people that were inviting her to church were living their life in a manner of hypocrisy. And they were two-faced. They were acting one way at school and at sports, yet acting a different way when they were at church. So that's how we need to be as Christians. The same person every day, one-faced, not two-faced, living in a manner worthy of the gospel so that people can see that our hope is found in Jesus Christ alone.